Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Bear Share Show. This is your host, Andre Matoyer. And in this episode, we're going to talk about moving on and keeping on, keeping on, and moving on from breakups because it happens, it sucks, it's difficult, but we can get through it. And to help me out with this conversation today is a friend of mine, Mr. Tyler Anderson. Tyler, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about this. I know breakups aren't always the funnest conversations, but I think you have some pretty good advice and a pretty interesting story to share about it. So thanks again for, for coming on. I really, really appreciate the invite. I've been looking forward to this. I know, and I'm glad that we got to do it. Um, so we've known each other for a couple of years, mostly via social media, but uh, tell me a little bit more about yourself as far as like, like being gay and, and, and uh, social media and all that. Absolutely. So um, I was actually born and raised in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, at 18, moved out immediately because I knew I was um, <laughs> gay. And I'm like, I need to go find myself. So I actually moved to Florida. So when I moved okay. to Florida, I landed in Orlando first. And I only went to one semester of school because school was just not for me. But I was having so much fun. I hate to say this, partying. <laughs> I'm like, screw school. I'm not doing this anymore. Gotcha. Yep. So at 18, I actually worked at Pulse in Orlando, believe oh, it or not. Oh, wow. I did. Okay. I did a couple different ch- chores there, I would have to say. Um, Were you a bartender? Distance. I was not. Okay. So other than that, I, that just got the foundation of nightlife, which is going to actually kind of loop back around the older I get. But then after that, I actually moved up to Atlanta and I got into nightlife up there. When I was up there, I actually worked more in hip hop, which is going to be more the heterosexual street community. And what I did was I was actually a VIP director for some of the local big venues that you guys see on TMZ all the time. And I used to work with a lot of the rappers and the OnlyFans models when it was very heterosexual driven. When it first started about seven years ago. I didn't even know that OnlyFans was around then. So that's interesting. Yeah. So how it kind of happened is a little history about OnlyFans that most people don't know is it started and a lot of the strippers were on there. Yeah. So what they were doing was making all this money. And then that's like the nightlife when it came to stripping kind of went to the gutter because these girls were making so much money on it. OnlyFans. Wow. That's okay. That's good to know. So you've been really involved in the nightlife and, and the party scene. The nightlife, the party scene. I worked <laughs> a little bit in automotive, but I would have to say Atlanta nightlife was just like irreplaceable. It was amazing. It was, I've met so many cool people, people that we listen to on the radio on top 40 yeah. all the time. Ludicrous. It, it was cool. He's from there. So. I think, right? Ludicrous. Ludicrous. Actually, Ludicrous was my client when I worked for BMW. That's awesome. That's yes. cool. Um, you wanted to talk about breakup. So, um, you know, just so the audience knows, we're going to get into strategies and how to deal with breakups. But first, uh, Tyler, share with us your story on a breakup, and then we can get into later how we deal with that and what we're going to do 
post-breakup, but share your story for us. Absolutely. So I actually just went through a pretty nasty breakup within the next, within, within the probably the last three months. Because okay. you know the last month of a breakup is normally you kind of know it's coming, but you don't <laughs> want to accept the fact, so you kind of do everything you can to fix it, but you're emotionally detached from that person already. You know what? Uh, I don't have a lot of experience with dating, to be honest. I've had one kind of boyfriend for a little while, um, but the relationship wasn't great pretty much the whole way through. So don't really have much to compare it to. So I'm taking your word on this. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm bad at relationships too, but this one <laughs> was really good for me, if you want my honesty, because I learned a lot about myself. But okay. I met this individual when I actually lived in Dallas. So as okay. you can see, I've lived kind of a lot around yeah and um it was very unexpected so I, I believe we actually met on one of the apps i believe it was bumble and he was oh. so consistent of trying to get me to go to coffee with him one day i'm just like listen i have two hours i'm like let's go get coffee today then and <laughs> fill this two-hour window in well a two-hour coffee date turned into two and a half year relationship wow so obviously he did something right. <laughs> he was, I would say that his consistency was probably the most attractive thing about him. Okay. All right. Um, but as the relationship goes on and you learn, you learn that person, you start to see, of course, things that you don't like. And one of the biggest first red flags is one of the business partnerships that I had in Dallas with a gym to get the gym off the ground. He actually got in between us. And went behind my back and lied to me about a situation and blamed somebody else. So, of course, I go to the gym and I'm like, what's going on with this? And it ruined the partnership with the gym. <sighs> and that was about six months into the relationship. So that's affecting your livelihood. That's affecting your business and your ability to make money, right? Correct. And like my network and the people that I, the money that I bring to that gym. And that was my safe zone. At that point, because of course, one of my things that I have to do when I go through breakups or I'm not unhappy with myself is go to the gym and indoor cycling was one of them because moving to Dallas, I really got, got out of that nightlife scene and going to like spin and indoor cycling reminded me of the club when I used to be there almost five days a week because the lights, the music, because they always play top 40 music and it was just, that was my safety zone to grow up. And get out of that sure. nightlife scene. So, I'm sorry, did you work with the gym or did you go to the gym to like work out there? Like for, for your So, job? I used to bring a, I actually was their first founding member and I brought all of their, their members into the gym. I was like okay. the recruiter and I convinced people to come in. It was like wow. a promoter okay. for a gym. Okay. All right. So, he got in the way of it and that affected your relationship. Obviously, that's not cool. Uh, so, what else happened? Um, I would say after that, um, during COVID, he actually okay. lost his job and moved back to New York right around the time frame of the summer. I would believe, I believe it was right around like end of May, June, he went to New York and he actually, his family has a house in like Long Island area okay. and he went out there and that was a big family thing for him. So he went out for the summer and completely left the relationship because of the loss of COVID, but there's really not a lot I can do at that point. He wanted to be around his family and I respect him for that. 
Okay, so you're in Dallas. Um, he decides to take off, go back to his family to retreat during COVID. But was there a sign that you guys were going to rejoin or was it just kind of up in the air or what was going on with that? There wasn't because I kind of sent him off because I felt like he was like a backpack, like leeching on and digging into my skin and needing everything that I needed. But I was still trying to keep a full-time job and pay the bills. And I was paying for two people, somebody I just met. And I, I kind of felt like, oh my God, I feel like I'm getting taken advantage of because I was so severely independent. I'm a very independent person. I'd rather live by myself, do my own thing, not tell someone what I'm doing because that's just, that's my personality being on my own since I was 18. Okay. So since you guys were in the relationship, it slowly devolved into you having to take care of him. Does that sound correct? Correct. Okay. And that can be challenging because then you're kind of feeling like you have all this responsibility what, the, what does the other person bring into the table that can be overwhelming? Oh, so absolutely. That, that makes sense. And it got to the point, there were some things that were said to me and I'm like, well, why didn't you go, go be like an Uber driver or go do Uber Eats? He goes, I don't do those types of things. Why would I do that when I have a degree and I, ha- I can get a real job? Okay. And I'm like, so you didn't even, he didn't even want to take the initiative to go out and try to find the job at the time. Hey, it's, that's okay. So some sort of like elitist attitude toward that type of work, but still not doing anything at all. <laughs> Correct. Which, okay. That, that's interesting. All right. So um, you're at COVID time. So one of the, like, when was it clear that the relationship was going to be over? Like not repairable, this needs to end. So let's, let's go back into the next one. The next thing was I had a task when in the middle of COVID and my company owned property in actually Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale area. Okay. And I went out there and I remember texting you and you're like, when are you leaving? I'm like, I'm two days. You're like, Tyler, you need to give me a minimum of a couple (laughs) of days before we go and get a drink. Because do you remember when last year they closed everything around like eight o'clock PM in the middle of the summer? That's when it was. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to see him. Yeah. Yeah. No, we tried though. I do remember that. Yeah, we did. It, and yeah. that was the time I started receiving a lot of messages from him in Texas. And I actually picked up the phone one day and I said, what do you want? And we had that conversation and a three hour conversation turned into, I'm coming back into Dallas. You're getting it. You're moving into my apartment. You don't have to pay the bills. Wow. I said, let me think about this. A couple of days go by like he was very consistent again, severely consistent. So, of course, I put my notice to vacate in my apartment. I've moved back to da- we get I get back to Dallas. He comes within 15 days. We're moving into a brand new apartment in Dallas together. Okay. During the move, he convinced me to throw every single thing that I had in my apartment away because he was going to buy everything brand new. But how without a job? He had a job coming back to Dallas. Okay. He got so a he job when he was in get- New York. And play. Yep. Okay. And I think being at home, living under the parents' roof and saving all the money, I think he was kind of doing anything he can to kind of make it up to me after what he did to me the last time he left from Dallas. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound too bad then. It sounds like he's trying to make up for it. Doesn't sound too bad. But of course, there's always a catch to everything. Okay. What's the catch? Catches. 
I made a promise to him. I said, listen, when he moved back to Dallas, I said, I know you want to be closer to your family. Let's move to Florida the next 12 to 15 months. He said, okay, we had the opportunity. And then we had actually had the opportunity within five months in our, in our lease to move back to Florida. So he's like, you don't have to work. Go get your real estate license. I'm paying for everything. I'm paying the movers, everything. I just want to be closer to my parents. I said, okay, let's do it. So, of course, I quit my job I was making um, six figures at. And I busted my ass to get from the bottom to the top. We move out to to Miami. Because I'm like, I need to live in a major city. I can't be in a smaller city. But we didn't want to live in Lauderdale. We just wanted to be closer to more Miami because the speed, the speed of life is, is like New York down here. It's just so much faster. Okay. And that's what I was used to. So with that being said, within four months, he has he created like a scar against Miami and he absolutely hated it. He hated it to the fact he left me, ghosted me, came into the apartment, took everything out of the apartment, shut the electricity off shut everything off. So when you, were you out of town for like a business trip or? I was at work. Oh, wow. So he did, he shut off everything and basically moved out. Did you not see this coming or like, was this a surprise or, or like how? Well, I knew, well, I knew something was up because it was right around that June time frame, And yeah. a trend of last year was he acted up to go home to, to, to New York for June. To spend the summer, to spend the summer up in the Hamptons, and I noticed right around end of May, June, he started kicking his heels up again. He went home. I don't know what happened. I get a text one day. He goes, "I need to cancel this lease. I'm done. Completely ghosted me." I did not know when he was coming down here to pick up his stuff. I was at work. I came home. My dog was in a crate. Everything was gone. And just like that, it was over? Just like that, it was over. Haven't spoken to him since. And that was when again? This About two and a half months to almost three months ago. So a two and a half year relationship ended in a very cold, shitty way. That, you know, that's really disappointing. Um, regardless of, you know, emotions and all of that, being left in the dark and being ghosted on someone that you know is not a very mature way to handle the situation. So I'm sorry that you had to, had that happen, but ultimately it sounds like in the long run, you're going to be better off without this person. But that's, that's a really horrible way of, of ending a relationship. So I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. I honestly think it may have been the best thing for me. So, all right, let's, let's get into that a little bit more. So you are in this breakup, um, breakups can be stressful for people, right? A lot of times people are quick to get down on themselves or maybe blame themselves, but you actually just answered something, which is you think it's a positive. So how are you able to like, you know, what strategies and how are you able to sort of spin that so that you weren't feeling the way you were that first day when you walked back in the apartment and it was empty? Well, when I walked into the apartment and it was empty, the first thing I did was get into survival mode. Yeah. And I called, of course, of course, I called my parents. And of course, the minute you, they hear that their son is hurt, they get severe, like mama bear comes out and daddy bear mm-hmm. comes out. 
Mm-hmm. And of course. they're like, what are we, what are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And all that stuff. And the funny thing is my mom, I, I love her to death, but she's just ruthless. She called him <laughs> and his father picked up the phone. Oh no. And the father said to my mother, yeah, we donated the furniture. My mom goes, why did you donate the furniture? You could have just kept it there. What, what was the point? Well, during that conversation, I received a phone call from the building that I live in. And the building says, is this, is this Mr. Anderson? I said, yes, it is. They're like, we just wanted to bring to your attention that you will be fined $750 for misplacing your furniture on the side of the street. And I said, what do you mean? She's like, your furniture's on the side of the street. It looks like somebody from, that is on the lease in your apartment put all your furniture in the dumpster downstairs. Oh. I went downstairs. All my furniture was in the dumpster. And this is all brand new furniture that you guys purchased because he asked you not to bring your old stuff. Correct. The mattress, the bed, the frame was ruined. He, that was bent. The TV stand, both TVs were his. He took those. The couch had missing, um, like sofa, like little sofas, um, push push sofas, pillows, everything. I went down there. I found everything that I could to survive to get where I am today. So you had to bring that stuff out of the dumpster and put it back in your place. Yep, I had to steam clean everything. I'm still missing one um, thing to the sofa, but I mean, at this point, I'm just thankful that I have something. Were you able to get the fine removed from taking it back or? Um, that's all taken care of. Um, okay, good. So that's all done, but we, we fixed that. So of course I went into the office the next day and I explained the situation to the office and the office has been nothing but so good to me. Ever since that, I see the manager in the hallway. She stops me. All the agents stop me. They give me hugs. They sent me a letter one day. They're just like, oh, I can't that's believe awesome. it. Okay. So, all right. So that's, that's good that that got taken care of. And, you know, there's good people out there, but all right. So you're back, you're still in that apartment now. Um, so how have you been able to move forward from this? Like, you know, to go from the survival mode part. So after survival, I had to kind of find myself again because of sure. course it's like a reset of life. So the first thing I actually did was I really wanted to work on my mental health. Okay. So with doing that, um, I actually stopped going to indoor cycling and I actually started running, believe it or not. And before, I never wanted to run because it always hurt my knees because I used to play soccer when I was really younger. So I did that. I joined a new gym and saw familiar faces. And now every day I walk into the gym and all these people know my story. Sure. That's a crazy story. So yes, I imagine. Um, I did that. I asked for help. I actually have a life coach. I okay. talk to her anywhere from two to three times a week, as well as I have a friend who I call her my therapist because now she knows everything. <laughs> um, her name is Primala because she said she wanted a shout out on the podcast. So I said, absolutely. Primala Primal is awesome. She, she would be such a good guest. But Primala came and she calls me every single night and asks me what my Pete and Pitts are for the day. What we're going to do tomorrow, everything. Okay. So you were able to get some help, like, you know, life coach, therapy. And I, I, I want to stop and just call out that it's okay to get help from other people. 
Um, I think sometimes people feel embarrassed about a breakup or ashamed, or they feel like there might be a burden, but you know, if you need help to get out of that situation, I think that's okay. You know, that's what friends are for. That's what therapy's for. That's what life coaches can do. They can help get you out of your funk and out of your situation into that next phase, which is ultimately healthy and they can help you get there sooner. So I think that's good that you were able to get that outside help. In addition to finding yourself and, you know, doing the healthy things, exercising, that's always good. Was there anything else that you did to sort of help recenter yourself and and move forward from this? Yeah, I mean, every day is a new day. And of course it comes in waves. And I had that expectation from this, the minute I started. But the other issue that I really had during the breakup was the individual actually completely degraded me. And I lost a lot of Instagram followers. I had people, I had clients reaching out to me saying, um, your ex called me and told me not to work with you. So I had to sw- I had to switch jobs. So I had to switch brokers that I work with here in Miami. He went after any individual that had a double relationship with me and, and him. They have every single person has not stopped. Every single person stopped talking to me. Well, that's their loss, right? That's not your it is loss. loss. It is their loss. And it just shows to me that it sounded like I dated somebody that was so double-sided. And unfortunately... The truth is all going to come out in the long run because yeah. it is what it is. Well, your, your stories, you know, is, is familiar in that, you know, I've, I've talked to other people that have met with um, and been with duplicitous people or people that maybe over time show a side of themselves that maybe would have been a red flag if they had known sooner. So based on your experience, what are some red flags that you would, you know, maybe recommend to someone to look out for going forward in relationships? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like lack of communication is huge. Um, Irresponsible, immaturity, unpredictable, lack Mm -hmm. of trust. Um, I think the biggest one with the relationship that we, that I was just in was um, when friends and family don't like the partner or the partner's family doesn't like you. Ah, okay. That is a huge one. I mean, absolutely. That was probably a major red flag to me um, because I I know deep down inside that the parents didn't like me and they were very cold towards me when I met them multiple times. Um, I also remember that individual saying to me once um, towards the end, I can't ever take you back. Everyone knows your dirt and now this relationship is dead so I'm not coming back to Miami. But if you sit there and dissect that text message, that text message is just proving to me that he wasn't my number one fan either. And what he was trying to do was trying to get out of something because he, his influencers, a.k.a. his parents, weren't happy. So he's living his life trying to make people, other people happy and not himself. Because when he wasn't around them, he was fine. When he yeah. was around them, completely different person. Well, uh, that's frustrating and disappointing. Um, you know, you mentioned communication. I think that's important too. Um, relationships that don't have a lot of communication, you don't know what's going on with the other person. You don't know if you can trust them. You don't know what's going on. That leads to misunderstandings and, you know, all sorts of stuff. That can be a huge barrier. Um, immaturity is, I think, 
um, huge, you know, um, and immaturity doesn't always mean age. Like there's really young people that are very, very mature and there's really old people that are very, very immature. Um, but you do need to have a certain level of maturity to know like what's acceptable behavior, how to handle disagreements, how to check your own insecurities, you know, that comes with maturity. And I think that is huge. It sounds like this other person was lacking that, you know, it sounds like they were someone that lashed out and weren't, wasn't able to communicate what they were feeling very well. So um, definitely some red flags. Um, what are some other red flags that you can recommend? I would say, let's take, um, I mean, controlling behavior. And I felt like I little, was a little bit of a victim of that because another red flag that I should have had that I should have thought about was being almost 30 years old, controlling behavior, telling me to throw everything out so he can go buy everything under his. So I, could, I couldn't say that I owned any of this furniture because guess who bought it? Right. Yeah. And you had a gut feeling that that probably wasn't a good idea, but you're like, all right, no, 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 this will work, right? Like, it sounds like, like you kind of work. knew. Uh, you, know, you know how you're, when you're in La La Land, you're like, oh my God, this is going to be great. We're moving, we're moving here. We're living on the 11th floor. My view is the ocean. I can watch the dolphins every morning. This is going to be great. And then yeah. you get here. Nope. So, okay. So two and a half years into the relationship, when did you start to see some of those red flags? Like how soon did that start happening? The minute we got to Miami. Okay. So that was really the last chunk of it. The last, I would say the last four to five months. Okay. Man. But before that, it was fine. You didn't see this other side or... We never had an issue, but wow. I also were I were also worked a job that I was traveling fourteen days out of a time, so I wasn't home enough. Ah, uh, okay. So it also right. comes with that. It's just like my I got my independency when I was on the road for work and going to my projects. So when I came to Miami and I was home full time, and I actually had to vacuum the floor and help around the house and things like that, it, it was a little bit different. It was just like I saw that side of him. And I was just like, I said to him, I go, this is never going to work the way it is going. We need to fix this. Of course, they sweep it under the rug and you just continue Mm. to keep walking all over it because they don't want to face that battle head to head and have that conversation. Right. Well, and the conversation will either go, this isn't going to work or, okay, that's, I'm committed. So let's work on changing it. Right. Like those are the two outcomes. And a lot of people are like, nope, bye, you know? Correct. And that's, that's unfortunate. Do you think that technology has played an impact with breakups, like made it better or worse? What do you think? I think the technology ruins the relationship and it makes it severely difficult to recover after that relationship. But the story that I have for you is a little bit different. I okay. was on Scruff and I received a message and the message was, hey, Hey, like very consistent. Again, consistent. Well, little do I know it was my ex catfishing me with his new boyfriend. Trying to make you see, oh, look at me. I'm happy and I moved on. Yep. And my response was, my my, my exact response was, you can have them. But I think that is what put the icing on the cake. 
So bullies and people like that, you know, a lot of times they're insecure and they want two things. They want to get a reaction out of you and a rise out of you. But if you are calm and you don't give them what they want, they don't get what they need and then they move on, right? Like if you react, then they're just going to keep doing it again. So you did the best thing there. That was good. Um, I always think about like Facebook, those messages where, not messages, but like on the feed where it's like, hey, memories from two years ago. And then you see that other person and it's like super awkward. <laughs> so I know that, uh, you know, really anyone, gay men in particular, but, but, you know, but gay men are notoriously difficult for wanting to commit to a relationship. And then when you are in a relationship, some of them are afraid to leave the relationship, right? Because they're scared that they're never going to find someone again. So what advice can you give to someone who maybe is in a failing relationship and they're too afraid to like break up? Like, what would you say to that? The best advice is to take ownership, communicate in a loving way, and just be you. Don't change yourself for somebody else. And that is, that is, that is a big one that a lot of people do that. We probably all have friends that do that. Don't yeah. change yourself for somebody else. And when you go to darts every Tuesday, you go to darts every Tuesday. Or you go to right. pool every Thursday. Don't stop going because you have somebody at home that doesn't want you to go. And your partner should be supportive, right? Like they should have their own things that they're doing. And, you know, like it, it shouldn't be something that you feel like you have to choose all the time. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of the controlling aspect. That's kind of toxic, right? Like, you know, making you feel guilty for living your, your life is not, is not good. Um, and I think like you were saying, taking ownership of that, like, I think it's kind of like ripping the bandaid off, right? Like, you know, it's going to hurt, but ultimately what happens, the wound heals and you move on, right? Like, I think that is kind of a good takeaway, you know, like, absolutely. just, it's going to suck. It's going to be hard. It's going to be worse before it gets better, but just do it. Um, and I like what you said earlier about, you know, you, you sought mental help. You went to the gym, you were being healthy, you got support that's huge, you know? I felt like I kind of had to. And the only yeah. reason why is because the situation that I was in, no matter who you talk to about it, their mouth drops to the floor and they're like, how could an individual do that? And it comes to the, it's like, why do you, it's like in his head, you wonder, why did you do that to somebody? Does his, sure. does, does all of the people that he knows do what they did? Like, did you get told what to do? What made you think of this? Did you read this on a blog that this was the right thing to do? What? Like, why did you do this? It doesn't matter at this point who did what during the relationship. At this point, the questions that I have are, why the fuck did you do that to me? Right. Like, you basically disrespected, and, and not you, but like he disrespected the two and a half years you were together by how it ended that way. You know, even if you don't stay friends afterwards, you know, you should respect the other person enough to end in applicable, amicable way, you know? And that was not very mature or amicable. Um, and that's disappointing. And, I, you know, it's scary. I, um, 
like I said earlier, I have, don't have a lot of relationship experience. People are always like, how or why is that? And, you know, I'm picky and there are certain things that I look for and certain things that I do keep my eye on in regards to like red flags. You know, I do need someone who's mature. I do need someone who can communicate. I do need someone who um, is independent. Um, and I don't know, like I haven't really met that yet, or maybe I have, but it's exciting, but it also makes me nervous. You know, like I'm excited about new opportunities for relationships, but it scares me that they may end, <laughs> but you got to focus on what's in front of me, you know? Absolutely. I mean, my, my biggest wreck is taking things day by day. Um, that's, that's the best advice I can give you at that point and continue to live your life. You do your thing. They do their thing. When the time is right, that's when you start putting things together and things like that. I mean, there's some serious cases, of course, in the LGBT community when it comes to divorcing. And they're just as bad as having kids and dogs and all that stuff. Because when you start getting dogs involved, because we had two dogs. Now the dogs are also separated. Those dogs live together their whole life. Yeah. So it's like this one, I have one. Yeah. And she walks around the house and she's looking for the other one. If I say the other one's name, she runs to the door thinking that that dog is actually going to come past the door. Oh. So it's like both of us are going through the breakup. <laughs> yeah. When do you feel like, you know, it's okay to start um, dating again? And then would you ever be open to the idea of getting married and like, you know, is that something you see in the future? You know what? I, I would get married. Okay. And the reason why I'm saying that now is because I felt like I've learned so much about myself in the last 60 days. After this breakup, I know exactly what I want. I could be single till I'm 50. And at 50, that person comes into my life. I'll be happy to get married. Wow. I would be happy to get married. Because once I get married, I'm not getting divorced. It's too much of a pain in the ass because this was too much <laughs> like a divorce. And it was, not, it was not easy. Yeah. But when it comes to dating, um, I actually downloaded the dating apps. About a month, okay. about two weeks after I knew that he wasn't coming back. Just to look. Like, the first thing, I was very curious. And I was looking. And I started looking. And I met like a couple people. I went on a coffee date with a, with one person. Um, I wouldn't say that they're like amazing, but I wouldn't say that I'm going to go on a second date, but I networked myself and he's a tennis coach. So I thought that okay. was really interesting. And he's not from America. He's from um, Italy. But you're getting yourself back out there and that's good. They may not be Mr. Right right away, but you're at least getting the experience and you're getting your confidence back and you're getting your, you know, your groove back. And that's important. Absolutely. I went on another one with a guy at a pizza shop, one of the pizza shops right up the street. And the minute it's like, I love the kid to death. He's such a nice guy, but he's too young for me. I already know. Okay. Okay. But I, I got a friend. That's, and that's good. You know, there's nothing wrong with having gay friends. Do you think but, um, you're at a place to forgive him and move on or what do you think? I think at this point, for everything that I went through, I feel like the trust between us is so fragile. And I felt like all the secrets and the lies really jeopardized the trust between mm-hmm. us. 
that it's, it's probably going to be completely unrepairable. Um, being in that relationship, I felt like I, I wasn't emotionally myself because I felt like I had to change so much of who I am, what I used to love, what I listened to, what I wore to make him happy. And that was the biggest, that was all of the red flags towards the end that I'm starting to see. Yeah. Because the truth always comes out. And when it always. comes out, it hits you so fucking hard. Because you get, you, you become confused. There's so much unexplained. But at that time when it happened, I was so devastated by such the trauma that I didn't even know if I loved myself anymore. And I felt like that was the biggest issue. And it's that's like why that you image, find like, yourself. I can't even look at a picture of him. It's like, it makes me sick to my stomach still to this day. Yeah. And, um... It's, it's just not, I don't think it's fixable right now, yeah. but I was very vulnerable a couple of days ago and I sent him an email. He didn't respond and that's well, okay. Was it I, like the closure that you needed? I said, one day, all I ask is for you to have one cup of coffee with me over Zoom and we can talk about all the positive memories that we had and let the negativity that you made me become completely erased from my mind. And then I'll be able to close this chapter. Okay. I mean, I don't think that's an unfair request, but if he's not mature enough to handle it, then maybe, you know, that'll be something that you'll have to find a different way to get the closure on. But I think that's totally reasonable. You know, two and a half years is a long time. It is a long so, time. You know, especially living together and investing in each other, like, that's a really shitty way to leave somebody and you deserve better than that. So I just I'm hope it's here. a learning lesson on both people. Um, yeah. And, and of course, if anyone's going through a breakup, I feel like I'm good at giving advice, but I'm really bad at taking my own advice. <laughs> that's a lot of people, but that's okay. And when I think about that is like, I probably drive all my friends absolutely fucking crazy because I call them all day. I'm like, hey, I just thought about this. I thought about this. It got to the point that every day I started writing to myself about my feelings and things like that. So like and journaling? I did. I started journaling. And okay. some of the journals are just like they hit home. And it's like one day it's like really happy and positive and it's okay. The next day is a new day. It's a new chapter and new this. Everyone's like, you need to publish this stuff because it comes out so good. Yeah, you know, you can't fake raw emotion. And I think that's why, you know, that's why we're doing this episode is a lot of people can identify with heartbreak and breakup and things not working out the way you thought and betrayal and disappointment, you know. Um, and it's natural to feel highs and lows with it. But it's important to remember that you can get through it, you know. Absolutely. What do you hope to see in the future, like long-term for like how men treat each other in relationships and, and breakups? And what would be like your biggest takeaway from this entire experience? Don't change yourself. Okay. Be you. They felt the person wanted to date you from when they first met you. They knew nothing about you. 
So when they get to know you and then they start critiquing and changing things, why? They, they started liking the person they didn't even know. They liked you at your first impression. Be who you are on a date. When you're on the phone with someone, be who you are. When you're texting, social media, everything. I mean, social media, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It could be very positive or severely yeah. negative. Absolutely. That's, you know, we hear it all the time, right? I mean, you hear it from the Disney Channel to, like, adult movies where they always just talk about being yourself. You know, romantic comedies bring that up all the time. Um, we want the person so bad that we think if we conform to what they like and their image, that will let them stay and that will get us what we want. But what we're totally sacrificing is that doesn't work because we're lying to ourselves and we're dishonest and we're not that person. So eventually, like you said, the truth will come out and it will fail because it's exhausting to pretend all the time, you know? And then that person's going to realize that you're not that person and they're going to feel deceived and then it's just super awkward. But like, I, I like what you said a lot, you know, that person decided to go on a date with you. They decided to date you from whatever impression you gave them. So let it be yourself so that you can know that they like you for you and you like them for them. You know, that's Absolutely. huge. That's amazing. Um, well, this, this has been a great talk. I think, you know, I, I want to thank you so much for sharing your your story. Um, you know, I think people that are experiencing breakups, um, we all feel it in a certain type of way. Um, whether you're the break one breaking up or whether you're the one that got broken up by, it's still hard. You know, the ending of a relationship, the closing of a chapter. But I think ultimately your points about being yourself, you know, being healthy. All of that is, is huge. So thank you for, for sharing that with me today, Tyler. Well, I appreciate you having me a guest and hopefully we will do this again. We'll do like the um, advice 2.0. Uh -huh. Advice 2.0. I would love that. I would love that. Well, thank you, Tyler, so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, for those listening, um, thank you for listening to another episode of The Bear Share Show. Please like and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether it be Google or Apple or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. If it's uh, where you listen to your podcast, that's where you'll find me at The Bear Share Show. So thank you so much again, everybody. And Tyler, thanks again for jumping on. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Bye, everyone. Have a nice night.